Welcome to the Imperfect Buddhist, where we discuss present moment awareness and incorporating Buddhist principles into modern life. My name is Matthew Hawk Mahoney, and today's episode is titled Buddhism and Wari. I have a long history with Wari. I remember being on a road trip with my family during the summer. I must have been like five or six coming up with all of these Wari thoughts about if we had enough gas or how far it was going to be to the next place that offered food. And my dad, who was great with nicknames, came up with a nickname for me. He called me the designated warrior. My family laughed about it. But I just worried what he meant by that. Through my early adolescence and teen years, I was prescribed anti-anxiety medication. And I took that up until I was about 18 or 19. In my early 20s, I came into contact with my worried thoughts again. And from my early 20s up until now, I've been practicing meditation as a way to find some grounding in the midst of worried thoughts. I just got back from a week-long work trip up in Cincinnati. We do this a couple times a year. There's a bunch of people in the office and new people that I'm meeting for my new position as a business development representative. During this work trip, I noticed that my anxiety or worry was turning up to a new level. Getting home from socializing, I would think, oh no, did I make a bad impression? What if they didn't like me? What if they thought I was too quiet? We all do it, some of us more than others. Maybe not everyone, but most people will have these what-ifs, and if we're not careful, they turn into habits of negative thinking. Worry, like many other patterns of thinking, compounds on itself. So we may have a worried thought. In my instance, I'd have the worried thought, oh, did I make a bad impressions on my coworkers? And then I think, maybe I was too quiet. And then if I go to try to fix it and act from that worry, I might say, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do a better job of shaking people's hands and looking them in the eyes and smiling at them as we talk. I'm going to do a better job of that. Oh, but then what if they sense that I'm being fake? Oh, man, this doesn't feel very mindful. I'm not being a very good Buddhist. In those moments, we are completely in our heads and our bodies, and it's hard to step outside of it because the what ifs feel so real. I'll continue worrying if I don't decouple from the thought that worrying is keeping me safe. We don't worry for no reason, and in some way, there's some justification inside. Whether it's subconscious or conscious, that worrying will keep me safe. It'll keep me on the right path. It's going to keep me going in the right direction or the direction that I desire. We can slow down enough and step outside of the worried habits of thinking and negative desire Desire that's based on external circumstances being a certain way. So as we slow down and we use techniques that are available to us to become more present, whether that be awareness of our breathing, awareness of the room we're in, the sounds in the room, whatever we can do to bring our attention back. As we slow down, we can start to find our own intentions and look at what our intentions are in life. How are we coming at life? 
some of the good news about the mental energy of worry is that it's a pretty pronounced energy. It's not as subtle as some other things that we may work with in our meditative practices. Worry is pretty obvious. It's pretty flavorful, pretty strong. It's a good opportunity for us to tune in and become more aware, more present. Worrying may have kept us safe in the past. We may have had to worry or think ahead or plan our next move to survive. And there's nothing wrong with planning or thinking ahead. But we can really look out for the energy or thought when we start to notice it saying, what if? We know that it's usually unnecessary worry. The energy of fear and worry, also usually referenced as anxiety, is like a ten-headed monster, ten-headed dragon, where you chop one off and then another ten can pop up elsewhere. I know that through personal practice where I might work through some area of fear that I'm having and feel good about that and then subconsciously a new worry starts to pop up and then takes me some time to realize what's going on and I say, oh yeah, this is the pattern, this is the energy of anxiety and I start to see that this is the exact same thing but only presented as a new thought or image in my mind. It may be hard for us to find an equilibrium in the midst of worry if our environment isn't really conducive to peace. And while we can be peaceful in any situation, when we are starting out and we're working with worry in our life, it's important to set aside time and space to step away from the objects of our worry and to step away from people and distractions. We do this through regular practices. In Zen Buddhism, they set aside time for a practice known as Zazen, or in more modern mindfulness practices, they set aside time for meditation. Setting aside time in your day for quiet reflection, for cultivating awareness through different awareness practices allows us to slow down enough and tune into a knowing presence beyond thinking. Once we experience this knowing presence beyond thinking, we gain access to a new dimension of being. Once we experience being through our practice, it gives us something to hold against other experiences and ways of being in life. We recognize when we're worried and spinning worried thoughts in our minds, how groundless and unreal that state of being is compared to present moment being. In some traditions, they call it zero, coming back to zero nothingness. And the object isn't to get rid of anything. We're simply watching what is. And in the instance of worry, what is is that our minds are racing usually off to the future or to the past and asking, what if? What if my car breaks down on this trip down to visit my uncle? What if I made a bad impression with my girlfriend's family last weekend over Thanksgiving? What if I'm single for the rest of my life? What if I end up being a virgin for the rest of my life? I know how tempting these what-if thoughts can be. As mentioned, some people are more prone to falling into the traps of what-if, whether that be because of their wiring, being more prone to anxiety or anxious states of being, or their past, where they had to worry and think ahead to survive. I know that with my own worry, some of it comes from a sense of control or a desire for a sense of control. I worry, hey, 
I didn't do a good enough job of making sure everybody I came in contact with today liked me. Is that really up to me? Yes, I have influence. I can present myself in the best way I can, be kind, concerned, learn how to listen well, and maybe even, would you believe it, actually develop some genuine care for the person I'm talking to. It's all fine. But do I really have control over how people perceive me and what my worry is telling me says, what if every person you saw today didn't like you? Or what if this person didn't like you? It's asking, what if you don't have complete control of the world around you? News break. No one has control of everything. No one has control of most things. A lot of my worry comes from a desire to hold on to the status quo. I have a job that pays well and I'm moving into a position that's going to pay more. I'm worried that I didn't make good impressions on some people that I'll be working with in this new position. The worry says, okay, well, if you didn't do well there, they may not like you and man, you're going to get fired. But it comes from a desire to hold on to what I have or a desire to keep things going in a certain way out of fear of loss. Buddhism talks about that a lot. Desirelessness is moksha liberation, that if we didn't desire anything other than what was, we would be perfectly content and at ease. If you're looking for actionable steps when it comes to your own worry, here's some of the things that have worked for me. Cultivate awareness, whether that's through a daily meditation practice or through present moment awareness in your daily activities, whatever you're doing, trying to bring a sense of awareness to the moment. This leads to the ability to be aware of what's going on. If we're not aware that we're worrying or that we're in an anxious state, then the options available to us become limited. But through meditation and mindfulness practices, we cultivate an awareness that allows us to witness our own state of being, state of mind, which then allows us to recognize when we're worrying. When you see the worry and you ask, what if? You see, oh, this is a what if thought. You can ask yourself, is there anything actionable that I can do in this moment that would be beneficial to avoid a circumstance or outcome that I don't want? And see, see what you come up with. And then if there isn't, there's really nothing you can do that's actionable, then it's okay to just stay in that labeling, witnessing presence, labeling the thought as what if, recognizing the patterns of worry, metacognating on the thoughts that are floating by, and really just step back into your witnessing presence, watching things float by. As Pima Chodron says, I am the sky, everything else is the weather. We come back to the truth that no matter what happens in our life, whether it be experiencing worry or the objects of our worry coming true. Everybody does hate me at my workplace. I'm fired because I just could not fit in. We come back to the reality of being, that who we are and what we are made of is not dependent on any external circumstance, positive or negative. We are the being, the presence that witnesses and experiences life. You might say to yourself in those moments where it gets stressful and all the anxious thoughts come in and the worrying starts up, you can tell yourself, I am forever and always whole and complete. Nothing can change that. We need to experience that state of being for ourselves for it to really stick. 
Thanks for stopping in and spending some time with me. And my wish for you is that you be peaceful, you be joyful, and you be free from suffering. I hope you have a wonderful week. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate your support through liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with your friends. I'd also love to hear from you in the comments section about your own practice and your thoughts on the podcast. I look forward to talking with you next time. All right. Bye.